0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Intermission with DJ Broadway Jen on No More Games Radio. Today, my guest is somebody that's very dear to me. I've known him for quite some time, became a fan of his. He's an amazing songwriter, and um, and I just love him so much. So um, everybody, please welcome Michael Mott. I love that intro. Thank you. <laughs> so nice. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. <laughs>
1: it was it was stellar it made me laugh. It made me smile thank you yeah thank
0: you so you have a new ep out called the only one
1: yes so
0: tell me tell me about that
1: yeah i um you know we're going through so much in our world um over the last year and a half and uh i was in a relationship through most of the entire pandemic and then towards the end we ended up splitting up and i was just writing. I was journaling and I was writing music and what came out of it ended up being like, oh, this is a snippet of this part of my relationship. And then this is another snippet of my relationship. And I'm fortunate enough to have um, a a primary musical theater following. But my main passion is pop music, specifically 90s pop music, by the way. And I was like, well, how do I bridge these two worlds? I was writing pop material, but I was seeing a story emerge. So I just did a little mini six track narrative and it's intended to actually be listened to in one sitting. It's 19 minutes of music. And it takes you on a journey from like falling in love with someone, having a disagreement, falling out of love, and then where that leaves you. And it is sad, but I actually think there's a lot of hope and inspiration in there as well.
0: That's what, that's what I felt about it. I mean, like you, you actually do feel like you're on this journey with 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 all of the songs that you write. I mean, you've written some really great songs, and um, I watched the music videos, and I love how they all tie in together. And I love that you were in yes. two of them. I was like, "Yes, Michael's in the videos."
1: I'm in. I'm also in um, James's song. I'm playing piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I should say for your listeners, a lot of what I do um, is as I write for a lot of other people, and I in the theater world, it's a little different, really, than in the pop world because I'm the writer, but Um, other people are singing my material. And in the pop world, it's like, that's not how that works. So it's kind of backwards. Um, But on this song, I am kind of the bookend. It's about myself and my relationship. And the guy playing my love interest is Blaine Krause from Hamilton. He's amazing. So good, right? And then Sierra Renee from Frozen and Pia Toscano from American Idol kind of portray the narrators. And Mm -hmm. um, this is a part of a larger project that I have in my head. And this is kind of a little taste of it. So
0: yeah, you always have a larger project <laughs> in your head. I mean,
1: you know, I, that's how my mind works. I'm just like, oh, this has to tie into this, and like, and the video. I'm thank you for saying mentioning the videos. There's there's a lot of Easter eggs and things that tie into each other in those videos, and if you watch them in order, they do tell a story. Mm-hmm. and that was very important to me we were filming them out of order and I remember talking to the director and I was like I this is the uh, concept I want to tell the story through this and he was like okay well then how does this one end so the other one starts and that that was the the game we played and it, I think it worked so well I'm really proud of it
0: I think I think so as well Thank and, you. Um, so how long have you been writing music
1: um well I actually used to call myself a closet composer because I went to college for musical theater performance. I was an actor at Ithaca College, and then I did that professionally for seven years. But it wasn't until about 2012 that when I was accepted into the BMI Layman Angle Musical Theater Writers Workshop, and I was taken seriously as a writer. So I'd say professionally since 2012, and then my first album came out in 2014, but I'd always been writing and dabbling and I I didn't have like proper training in music theory to be composing so I always called myself a closet composer Prior prior to 2012
0: I um I love this this new one. I, I love the only one but I also love your other two albums you your first album where the sky ends and my personal favorite the second one abandoned heart really yes
1: oh my god that makes me so happy that you like abandoned heart better than where the sky ends because I, I, I really do where the Sky Ends is like the thing that I don't know, I mean, I'm not complaining, I'm grateful for it, but it's the thing that everyone's always talking to me about and they're always like this, I love this album and I love this song from this album and I'm so grateful. It It's six years old and I feel like I've evolved as a writer. I don't write that way, I can, but I don't write that way organically anymore. And so Abandoned Heart and The Only One are very me now and hearing you say that you like that better makes me so happy, so thank you.
0: I, I'm i very, um now, I mean, with where the sky ends, I mean, Dare to Dream and her embrace are my because you know you know I love in the light. That's like that's that's my thing. coming. That's I know, coming. I know,
1: and it's have, coming sooner
0: than you think. I have a question about it's that, but okay. before that, Abandoned Heart, So Relentless is like and complicated. Those are like those are my yes. thing. Those are that's and Love in Stereo. I actually played oh, Love in Stereo that. the other night on my live show.
1: Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. So I got to do a concert and you got to come and I have to do all those songs live. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: Have you heard the remixes? Yes. Oh my gosh. I am in love right now. Thank you so much. They, 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 these, these never get any love. I'm so happy.
0: I, I I stalk you. So, I mean, yes, I did that on the radio.
1: (laughs) I welcome it. I welcome it.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, um, so you do write songs for, well, you write songs that other people perform them, but you've written songs for like um, artists like Matt Bloyd, and you've also written for the Boy Band Project. So is there it anybody is. that you would like to write a song for? I know the answer to this, oh. but I'm going to ask you anyway.
1: <laughs> of course. Actually, I got to tell you, a dream collaborator has been Pia Toscano. Oh. And so to be able to work with her on The Only One was incredible. And actually, Matt Bloyd connected us.
0: So who are some of the, your favorite singers that you've worked with? That have recorded your, your
1: stuff. Honestly, we just talked about them. Um, Matt Bloyd. Honestly, I feel like Matt Bloyd for me, if I had a, a male muse, it would be Matt Bloyd. I love him dearly. Jeremy, obviously. Um, Pia Toscano was someone who, I mean, they're they're kind of like the vocal trinity for me. Jackie. Um, of course, Jackie Burns. Of course, I'm actually working on stuff with Jackie right now. We've been working together for a couple months. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling you that, but that's happening. Um, Laura Osnes, obviously. Of course. Um, I really connected deeply with Eric LeWan Summers, who sings Complicated on my second album. And he unfortunately passed to cancer, which yeah. is really sad. Um, but he he was just such a beautiful soul and we had such a connection. And I really, mm-hmm. really loved him. Yeah. Crystal Monet Hall. I mean, there's just so many people. Ciara Boggess. I mean, there's so many people that I feel a connection to. Yeah, Salaya I mean, Pfeiffer.
0: You've worked with so many just talented and just wonderful people and it just it shows with i mean the feeling that they portray your songs with because of your writing you know it's because of your writing it's because of your amazing writing
1: well that's very sweet I, i'm very fortunate to have worked with like a lot of my dream I've, of course there's more that i would like to work with i would love to work with patty lapone at one one point in time it'd have to be the right project um, but i would love to work with patty I almost worked with Vanessa Williams on something which is so random. Um but like Vanessa Williams, I I mean I I stand I mean hello, I want to write with Mariah. yeah I, That has to happen. Like that has to happen at some point in time. Um but she writes all of her own songs and so it's never going to I'm never going to write something for her. We would sit together and write it together. Um she would never just take a song of mine in fact, at one point, I've been very fortunate enough to, like, be in her presence. And at one point, I said to her, oh, we were talking about a Christmas song. And I was like, oh, you need to hear my song Christmas Will You Stay. And she's like, I don't want to hear, like, she did not want to hear anything because, you know, I'm sure people would maybe say to her or, or accuse her of stealing or who knows, you know, some of that level. She doesn't want to hear what I wrote. She wants to, like, come up with something together because she is an incredible writer.
0: But you know? she she did sign both of your, your two first two solo albums.
1: She did. <laughs> she signed them. They're up. Oh, above my piano framed. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's crazy that I have my own albums. Some I, you know, people I've dated have been in my room and been like, um, you signed your own albums and framed them. And I was like, no, darling, that's Mariah. I don't sign my own albums. Yeah. Mariah signs my albums. <laughs> and actually the, the whole shtick there is that, um, I grew up on Mariah. I love her. She has a signature font that she uses. It's her same font she uses on every album and she's used it for 30 years. Um, sorry, she doesn't know years for a long time since she was 12, um, but uh, I I got her permission to use it on my albums. And so it's like my little homage. Oh, and so to me, and like, this is my little homage to Mariah that like everything's written in her like her font. That's
0: so awesome, I love and that.
1: So, yeah, so she gave me permission and then she signed the albums and that's like my little story that I think is so cute. <laughs>
0: that's so, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is, that's just amazing though. No, but I, I remember when you, when you first met her and everything and like (laughs) your whole.
1: You're on the Jimmy Fallon show. Yes. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. It was crazy. She surprised us and I was legitimately surprised. Everyone's like, that was staged. No, it was not staged. It was was real. I gagged. Yeah.
0: Michael doesn't usually get like that, but that was. No, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm not. No. Yeah. No, but for (laughs) Mariah, you're that guy. That's
1: how you feel when you see Jeremy. That's exactly right. I
0: mean, that's how I used to feel when I saw Jeremy. (laughs)
1: Exactly. That's how you feel. Now that's how you feel when you see that Broadway tickets go back on sale.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, yes, I just got word today, and like September seventeenth is when my show is coming back.
1: Which show? Oh, well, uh, six. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. Yes, you do. I can't wait. I Can't wait.
0: It's, it's amazing. I was, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, this is so Michael's. <laughs> like,
1: I know. <laughs> Everyone's always like, why aren't you writing a pop show? Why aren't you writing a pop show? And I love writing pop music, but writing a pop musical is different for me because shows take so long that I want the shows to feel timeless when you see them. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel relevant obviously to what's happening in the culture today, but I also want them to feel timeless. And if I'm writing a pop show six months later, it's already outdated as far as like using certain pop sounds. So for me, it's very tricky to like write something that stands the test of time that's in today's vernacular, which is why I kind of always go towards big sweeping and symphonic stuff because that never goes out of style. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I know just, you didn't ask me that question, but.
0: Speaking of musicals, let's talk about my favorite In the Light. You just recently got some news about that. I saw on your, your video. I
1: made news about that. Well,
0: let's
1: talk about <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so I was super fortunate in 2019, I, I did an Indiegogo campaign. And we raised a whole bunch of money to make a concept album. And long story short, the pandemic happened and all of our lives went by the wayside. And I was very fortunate that um, my tax lady told me, hey, all that money that's sitting in your account for that album, you're going to be taxed on. And I was like, "Uh, what? And we didn't even have enough money to make the album, honestly, like, what we raised on Indiegogo is like, not even 25% of what the album cost. So I was and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm not complaining about it. Obviously, it's an incredible the fact that we raised that much off of fans is unbelievable. And so I'm so grateful to the in the light fan base, who is just the most supportive, as you know, they're the most supportive. I'll like post a snippet of like a flame and people are like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my <It's> gosh! <laughs> I know it makes me so happy. I'm just, it's just the best feeling in the world that people actually care. And like, like something that I have in my head and it's a, it's beautiful. So anyway, um, we, we, we got, a, we got our butts into gear in on Thanksgiving day of 2019, I'm sorry, 2019,
0: 2020,
1: sorry. um, and because we raised we did the campaign in 2019 yeah and then we planned to record march 2020 and then the whole world closed down right so the money was just sitting in my account (laughs) and just chilling and so long story short i mean i'm a i'm a production company it wasn't just sitting in my account i created account for the show um just in case you know there's legal people listening um so on thanksgiving we got our butts in gear and about three weeks later we had it was just all in motion and so I paid everybody in advance so like you know the album could happen and we were it's just unbelievable I have a wonderful agent in Europe named Michael and he um, connected me with like the top recording studio out there and we got a huge orchestra and a choir in Vienna they were tested every single day this is in Austria (laughs) and we were there virtually myself my orchestrator Kim Schoenberg my co-producer and um, uh, musical director Joshua Zeker ross myself, Nathan Wright, the book writer, my agent Michael, and we just were there virtually watching this epic orchestra record the score. And it was the best feeling in the world. And then we brought those recordings back here to New York, and I recorded vocals with everybody. So I was actually in person with Jeremy Jordan and Saleha Pfeiffer, and the ensemble, and I'm not giving away the rest of the cast because we're going to do a whole announcement, but the other like seven or eight people, whatever it is, were all around the world. They were in Los Angeles, they were in Nashville, they were in Montana, they were in Washington Heights, they were in Pennsylvania, and they were in Soho, and they recorded on their at-home mics over Zoom. I produced the sessions. There's like a whole epic, thing to make the sound, let me hear what they're doing in their apartment. And then I'd be like, No, let's do this again. Think about this. Let's do this. Like, this is the note actually, you're too low, that's too high, like, you know, whatever. And then I got those sessions, I like, put the vocals together here on my little computer, sent them to the mixing person. And then we just got the mix of the first version. And it's freaking amazing. It's epic. It's huge. It's so wild. I have nine pages of notes, but it's gonna be incredible.
0: I, I can't wait because I, every single time that I would listen to a song where you're like, oh, the song has changed. And it's like, I just learned the song.
1: <laughs> I know. And that's the biggest lesson I've ever learned is that I put out Dare to Dream and Her Embrace from that show way too soon before the show was fully written and realized. Now these ultimate final versions that you'll hear, Dare to Dream is a completely different song. I, I it I so. Disney, hopeful, positive, happy, loving, and even just the way it's done on this album and how it's sung is completely different. The style, it's much grittier and dirtier and darker because of what is happening in the show and the story the show's taken on. Um, and her embrace has become even more like uplifting and glorious and beautiful and heartbreaking. And I it's think really one of my favorite gone songs. on the journey. That's- oh, well, I can't wait for you to hear this album version. We threw in some extra things. And I mean, the orchestra size alone, to hear a 30-piece orchestra play that. Oh, yeah. And we added some, some – th- I, I, the lyrics are the most clear they've ever been. Thankful – I'm very thankful to my book writer who really pushed me and was like, no, this has to be more clear. Like, it's not, it's not there yet. And I just kept rewriting and rewriting. Um, but when you hear it, you'll see the little things that we've done to embellish the song even more, if you can believe.
0: Oh, so, I can. I can. And
1: Jeremy sounds, <laughs> Jeremy sounds stunning.
0: I mean, you you do, like I keep saying, I mean, you do amazing things. This musical well, it had another name. It was called Faustus before it was mm-hmm. In the Light. And uh, for those of the people that don't know the story, what is um, what is In the Light about?
1: Um, I will answer that in one second. Can I just comment about Faustus? Sure. It, it was called Faustus for years. And then I got this agent in Europe and he was the one who kind of guided us away from that title. And- There is um, a famous play called Faust by Goethe. And then there's Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe. And this is our own original retelling of that. It is not that story. So we were like, oh, maybe we should just stay away from Faust anyway. Also, in America, people don't know what that is. And it feels very pretentious. So we tried to make it more accessible. And the whole show is about astrology and the cosmos. And they go in the light at one point. And so that's where the title, In the Light, came from. Our subtitle is A Faustian Tale. In Europe, they like the Faust title. So there's a lot of talk of the show happening overseas from my agent, so if that were to happen, maybe it's gonna be called Faust or Faustus over there. Who knows what it's gonna be called, but it's the same show. Um, Like I just said, it is inspired by the Marlowe and Goethe version. Damn Yankees is inspired by this tale. Um, the devil's advocate, the movie is inspired by this, essentially that original story is about a man who sells his soul to the devil in exchange for 24 years worth of knowledge and power. We tried to write that show for six years and it just never worked on stage. So we have taken that and like thrown it in a like strainer and shaken it up. And it's become our own original retelling with those themes of greed and lust and ego. But it's our own original story
0: well i cannot wait to buy tickets for it once you make it to broadway so
1: we'll see i mean i'm i'm a little cautiously optimistic in that the show is so big that i don't think that this style of show is happening. i know for a fact this show this style of show is not happening right now in new york and i don't want to pull a phantom and cut the orchestra in half mm-hmm. so i don't know if this will ever play in new york maybe in 15 20 years who knows But it's definitely an overseas show. And the fact that it's recorded and people can hear it and experience it makes me so happy because I do feel that this recording really tells something special. And it's so epic and it's so big. I feel it has such imagery in the, I'm not saying this because I wrote it, everyone who worked on it, the orchestrator Kim Schoenberg, really enhanced so much of what I had written. And I feel like it's very vivid. It's a very visual, vivid listening experience.
0: That's how it is with, I mean, pretty much all of your writing. I mean, you could really imagine songs that you've written if if you've never seen anybody perform them, just listening to the CD. And I think that'll really come across when people hear in the light. Because I know a lot of people are going to be buying that, downloading that the first day. Like if it comes out at midnight, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to, nope, got to get it. The first, <laughs> the first second it comes. Yes, out.
1: that makes me so happy. Well, listen, you're going to have an announcement about In the Light in the next month. Yeah. So it's, it's happening. It's happening. Don't worry. very,
0: very excited about it.
1: I'm very excited too. Uh-huh. I'm working on the next step for that now. We're like, I'm thinking like the next six months down the road right now of what's happening with that. So that's happening.
0: And... I know that's not your only musical. You've written some other musical. You've written Uh, another one of my favorites, Mob Wife.
1: Oh, yeah, Mob Wife. That show, that had a nice little run in London right before COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, it went really well. I was really proud of it. That show's like The Sopranos meets Noises Off. It's totally different. (laughs) Totally different than than In the Light. Um, But, uh, yeah, we have some rewrites to do to, like, get that in a good place. It's also like two white men writing this woman's story and I think we need a female director and I think we need a strong woman at the helm of that to really help guide us. Um yeah. a female producer would be amazing. I just think that we have, you know, we're we're two wh- I'm Italian. Yeah, I'm an Italian man and like I know these women but I'm not I'm not a woman. Yeah. And you know, I think it, the show would benefit from that. So we'll see what happens with that show.
0: Yeah. Any other musicals? you can discuss, want to discuss?
1: I'm I'm working on one that I've been working on for about three years. We're almost done with the first draft. I've been working on it all through quarantine. I have about 18 songs written. Um, My friend in London actually has done all the vocals for the demos and I've done all the piano and orchestrations, fake orchestrations here. And I'm super proud of it. It's It's very different than anything I've ever done. But I guess if I had to compare it to something else, it's, in the vein of an in the light, but it's a lot more, I'd say like Sondheim influenced, which is very different for me. I tried to really go in the opposite direction of what I've done before with big and bombastic. And I tried to go subtle with this show. And that was my intention. I was like, I want to write a small, intimate, subtle musical that's romantic. And that's what this is. That's very different.
0: Yeah. So besides writing musicals, and writing amazing songs. You're also a vocal coach. And how did you get into it? Yes. How did you get into the Um,
1: coaching? Well, I went to college for musical theater performance. And my sophomore year at college, I told my voice teacher that when I moved to New York, I have such a passion for the voice. I love singing, I love music. Music and singing and and storytelling is just number one for me in any way, shape or form. And so I told my voice teacher, Carol McCamas, When I moved to New York, I don't want to serve wait tables, I would love to be able to coach and teach voice lessons. Of course, I served tables for years, because you have to do 12 things to make a living in the city. Mm -hmm. But um, she coached me and she allowed me to teach the acting majors. And so little baby Michael sophomore year was teaching acting majors and then keeping a journal and then I'd go to Carol and I'd say so Lauren had this issue and I did this with her and we worked on this and then she would say that's great you should have done this or let's talk about this and she kind of took me under her wing for four years sorry three years and then I just have been doing that now for about 15 years and I'm very blessed to have wonderful students some on Broadway some uh, beginning students and We've found a way to work still over COVID, you know, with great microphones and headphones and sound equipment, it's possible. It's not ideal, obviously being in person is so much better, but I'm very grateful and it's very rewarding for me to be able to give back in that way. And I learned so much working from people, working with students this way. So it's great for me. It challenges me as a writer. They bring in material. I'm like, what is this song? You know, and I'm like, wow, I I suck. I want to write this way. You know, I'm like, I'm so inspired in so many ways.
0: And uh, there've been your students have also been on Broadway. That's awesome,
1: yeah. Yeah, a bunch of them. Um, I have testimonials on my web page on my website, MichaelMott.net, mm-hmm. and people can go check and see. I have people in Chicago. Well, not right now, obviously, but they were in Chicago and <laughs> Hamilton and September. Hamilton from, from and... September. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm just trying to think. It was uh, I don't even remember. Chicago, Hamilton, Aladdin, Mystery of Edwin Drood a bunch of shows i couldn't even tell you off the top of my head
0: i missed that show mystery of Endure. that's such
1: a good show isn't it it's
0: another story i've It's it another story I, but I love it. listen i saw it 20 times i had to see all the different endings and, and oh
1: them. yeah it's brilliant
0: yeah, it's I love really
1: it. well written yeah i absolutely
0: loved it and the cast was just like the cast was amazing i mean like
1: so good <laughs> i actually did that show in college with jeremy jordan oh awesome that was our I know sophomore you, year
0: and he also did they counted money with him which you were great in how did you see that somebody had a dvd <laughs> oh that's
1: amazing yeah they made a dvd for us yeah um great score right
0: oh yeah oh my gosh that production was like so i was i was like wait this is a college production
1: <laughs> it's a col- i know it looks like a broadway show actually it really did, and
0: really the set you know a- who wrote it who
1: his name's brett Bowles. we went to ithaca with him and he's mm. now the mt on tiktok oh really do you know who that is
0: I, I've he heard, does, I've heard. Oh my!
1: He God. does the MT. He like breaks down what makes a musical theater song great from a songwriter's yeah. perspective in sixty seconds. That's and cool. he has like five million followers or something crazy now. That's and he um cool. he wrote that, and he's genius. We're actually in the BMI writers workshop together. I'm like Brett, you are a star. He's one of my, my favorite amazing. composers. Yeah,
0: What's he's that? so smart. Yeah, when I saw it, um, we were like, I was like, oh my gosh, because, well, long story short, my short.
1: sideburns were down to here <laughs> in that show. They were real. Yeah.
0: We're like watching it, and I'm looking. I'm like, I'm like, my no Michael's in this one. (laughs) So we were when we did uh over quarantine, I did kind of a uh viewing party type thing with some of Jeremy's fans, and I was like, What do you guys want to see if there's anything? So, uh, Debbie, who's Jeremy's mom, was like, I have a DVD of the cat of Monte Cristo, and I was like, Well, if you're willing, then. Yeah, let's do it, and and that's how I saw it.
1: You watched the whole thing. We watched the whole thing. It's really good. I thought it was really good. I thought Marissa, it was great. the girl who plays Mercedes, opposite him, is the girl who's doing all my demos for um, this new show. Oh, I must she's, give away the title. She's, she's, she's incredible. She is the one of the largest voiceover artists in the entire country. So you've heard her voice on commercials for Walmart and Dunkin' Donuts and L'Oreal and mm-hmm. Sephora and like she's like. Nivea's golden green green like she does this twice yeah get it today I'm like Marissa you sound amazing so like on the demos I'll be like we put all the dialogue in the demos I'm like can you just like play all these characters <laughs> <laughs> if you went to college together she'll do it she yeah right
0: right it's like it's like oh we went to college yeah yeah they'll do it it's no fine.
1: we've been we've been friends for years like yeah. I mean I'm gonna fly to see her she's in London we're, we're yeah we're friends
0: awesome yeah I know so small world <laughs> So I know you didn't, you know, you did do acting also even after, even after college. What was your favorite show that you've done?
1: Um, honestly, The Count of Monte Cristo in college was one of the best things I've ever done. I'll tell you the show that made me quit acting <laughs> and say <laughs> I, I don't want to act anymore. I, I think I know. <laughs> Which? Tell me.
0: Was it the one that what I, that I was going to come see you and you were like, no, please do not come. Was it Was it, it was like Dracula or something like that? Oh, no. Okay. No, no, I don't know.
1: No, um, it was nine to five. Okay. <laughs> I did like the first regional production of that. And honestly, it was a blast to do. Mm-hmm. I loved doing that show and I loved the people I was in it with. I just, uh, it wasn't my thing at the yeah. time. And so I was like, oh, I just want to write. Like, I don't feel like I'm using my full creative potential. Obviously I was so grateful to be acting and like oh, yeah. working. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't fulfilled, but that was the show that kind of gave me the kick in the butt to write. Um, I don't know I, I actually I developed a lot of original shows as an actor and like you know for those listening actors in New York you know Broadway is just a, a small percentage of what people do and a lot of the, the acting life here in the city is developing new work and in any given day there's a hundred shows that are trying to be developed so I was always doing readings and workshops and the one show I think out of my whole career as an actor that really resonated with me was a show called Flyer based on the Wright brothers. Oh, and it was written by Dan Tremon and Diana Belkowski, brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And they are just so talented. And I was very close to them at the time when we were working on it. And then we just kind of have lost touch because of life. But if they hear this, like, I love you guys. I think you're so talented. Um, and I was uh, Orville Wright Oh, and yeah. it was a beautiful, beautiful score. I ended up recording a couple songs. Couldn't mm-hmm. tell you the names of them now, but mm-hmm. they were on my website for years. And I'm sure I have the demo somewhere. The wow. scores are just so beautiful. So that was probably my favorite. And we did it, oh, in, De- in Denver? No, not Denver. What, Michael? Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. <laughs> I don't know why I said Denver. But yeah, I had a great experience with that show. And we had a lovely cast. And I just, I love developing that show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most people think that when actors are on a Broadway show, they just go come do the Broadway show and then that's it. And then they go home and that they wait till the next show. And I was like, no, that's, that's definitely not what happens. And it's kind of, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people that there are some people that do just go and see shows that are kind of like, Oh, you know, and that was great or whatever. They might go to stage door. Well, before COVID, they might go to stage door and get an autograph and, and exactly. leave and then not think anything about it and think that, you know, everybody just comes back the next day, does the show, but they're going to go to auditions, people are doing readings, people are doing, you know, there are so many musicals that are out there that haven't been fully developed or some, sometimes they don't go anywhere.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times, honestly, like the incubation period of a musical is so important and a lot of people have been like, why hasn't In the Light happened? Why hasn't it happened? Like, what's going on? Honestly, it it took us, no joke, about nine years to find the story. We really struggled. The show is massive. Like, ragtime on steroids. Like, it's so big. And it really, really, really took us a while to perfect it, especially as an original story. And we, I don't care if it looks like the show has been kicking around for years and years. I don't, to me, I don't care. Mm-hmm because i know that we really worked really hard to get it to where it is and i can confidently say that it found its place and all these shows like you're saying take a long time sometimes they the development is rushed and then you get a show to broadway and people are like why is it suck and there's a lot of reasons why shows aren't as good as they could be but no one ever sets out to write a bad show. Everyone has the same intentions, but a lot of times what I'm finding and what I was seeing for a while is that producers were rushing the process and you can't rush the creative process. You have to let the show breathe and be what it wants to be.
0: It's not so, yeah. Smash. It's not like Smash.
1: <laughs> oh, no comment.
0: <laughs> I figure that.
1: <laughs> I loved I loved watching Smash though.
0: Oh, I loved watching Smash. And that was like, that was like my show. Like from the first season. The fact that it was, yeah, the
1: fact that it was on prime television, come on amazing
0: yeah definitely so you do concerts of your own michael mott and friends so when it is
1: safe
0: and stuff to do that are we planning any more of those
1: everyone keeps asking me this and i feel like i i need to like reach out to a venue and be like can i do a show um but the thing is no one's offered me a show but i've gotten messages actually on 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 instagram from like hey when's the michael mott and friends I'm honored people care like that actually makes me so happy but no one 54 below green room 42 no one's maybe an offer Lori Beachman like I'll go anywhere let's go and actually my band members were texting me the other day because they're all on the in the light album and I sent them I was like just listen just listen to this one song and they were like oh my god when are we doing this live and I was like well I don't have an offer so
0: yeah I don't know well your first concert was at the the Lori Beachman theater Mm -hmm. that was so I oh my gosh I loved that show Oh, right now Yes. And then the next day, that the next day I flew out to Florida, I was like, I was like no, we have to go see Michael's show.
1: Oh, like, thanks. That's so sweet. That was when I was, I there's photos of that event. And I was so awkward on stage. I was like,
0: no, you weren't. I,
1: yes, I was in the photos. I'm like, wow, I literally could not. I was so nervous. And now I'm just like a freaking ham. I make fun of everybody. I'm just like roasting myself. I'm like, okay, it, you come to my show is like a comedy show with me. It music.
0: is. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so fun. I mean, talented people, talented songwriter, and just everybody. Whereas, like, you do take what you write seriously, but you're not going to take your show super serious because we're all there to have fun. yeah, you know, we're all there. Exactly. To have I mean, I learned
1: that from Mariah. Mariah is the queen of camp, and she knows it. And I love that. You can't take everything. So- I mean, you have to be serious, obviously, but you can't take it so seriously. We're making music, you know.
0: Well, that's kind of what i want to like accomplish a little bit with with this show and when i do like my live show i'm like "Eh, let's just see what happens
1: yeah and then like people like that people live for that kind of vibe and that's what and that's why i really connected to with the boy band project Mm -hmm. and i've written what two songs for them i've actually written a third i don't know what is happening with it we'll see i probably should update it now because i wrote it back in 2019 and um it probably needs a little update but for the moment i will say that um it's my favorite one of the bunch that I've written for them. But I, I don't know what's going on with them. I, but I love that they um, are tongue-in-cheek.
0: Okay. And I tried to capture
1: that in the tone.
0: The boy band brunch is back. I, I saw it for the first exactly. time last week. What do you first. think? Oh, my gosh. I'm going back this week. That's how much I loved it.
1: Amazing. Travis actually just sent me a video of a performance of Get Behind My Love. I haven't watched it yet. But yeah. he texted it to me. He's like, I, uh,
0: yeah, I played that for the first time on my show this last you week. You like it? Yeah, I do. I really like it. Um <laughs> it's actually in our loop too. So, yay. <laughs> hey, whatever. Have you heard Jingle My Bells? Yes, I have.
1: That music video is so good.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I love and Jingle My Bells.
0: Travis was actually my first guest on the first. Oh. So, yeah. But I, no, I was so excited when you said yes. I was like, I was like, join you want to be in my show. And you're like, yeah. And I was like,
1: yes. <laughs> yes, of course. I'll never say no to an
0: opportunity. Because you, know, you know I love you. So.
1: I adore you. You're so sweet. You're so supportive. <laughs>
0: Speaking of composing music, you composed music for a film called Sundown? What was yeah, that experience? Oh, wow, you that? went
1: in. You did your research. What
0: was that? I experience? did. Um,
1: uh, it, was, it was a learning process for ev- all of us involved. It was my first film, and it was their first film. Um, <laughs> it was my first film as a writer and their first film as a directing team. Um, we found our way together. I don't think any of us would look back and say anything bad about anybody because I don't think anybody um I think it was all a positive experience in the end um but it was a little bit of a journey to get there simply because it's like about nine minutes of just scored music it's not it's not a it's not a a movie that has underscoring it's music that is composed and written that the performers perform to it's half dance half like spoken dialogue it's like it's like a scored scene and it was just a huge undertaking that I was so blissfully and ignorantly was like, naively was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is insanity that I agreed to um simply because I just didn't know and it's no one's fault. And so, yeah, we put that together and it, it came out really well, actually. I'm super proud of the score. I can't wait to actually, they, they actually gave me permission to put it out they're Like if you wanna like release on your website or whatever you can, but I, I think people should see it in the film. i i would love to share it it's really it's there's some beautiful moments in that so we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. and it's all an all-female creative team except for me um and i was honored to be a part of that they were all just really like fierce independent women that nailed it
0: yeah i saw that in the credits like i said i do my home
1: i know you're amazing Mm -hmm.
0: between editing i'm like Wait, I was like, I was like cuz I know Michael has like 500 projects going on. <laughs> well, here's the thing.
1: You you kind of have to in this business. Yeah. But you need every iron in the fire. You don't know what's going to catch on. Yeah. And I only agree to to do something if I feel passionately about it. And Sundown is about a woman with Alzheimer's and my grandmother has that. And so I dedicated the whole project to her. And actually, we were supposed to. I mean, this is an awful thing to say, but she, I'm shocked that she made it through 2019. She was in the hospital and like everyone had written her off to pass. Wow. And my aunt literally took her and was like, No, I'm keeping this woman alive and like nursed her to life. And now my grandmother, two years later, is like thriving.
0: Wow. And
1: she has Alzheimer's and it's like not great. That's not good. But yeah. every other part of her that was supposed to not be great is thriving. Yeah. And my aunt is a saint to take care of her. So I was like, I have to take this project. I don't care how difficult it is for me. Like yeah. I'm dedicating Sundown to my grandmother. Yeah. And I, I got them to put at the end, it says it like in dedication to, and her has her photo.
0: It's so oh, cute. that's so sweet. <laughs> I, I, I Yeah, I know how you feel about my, my grandmother um, actually passed away uh, from Alzheimer's. Oh, I'm and so sorry. my grandfather, my other grandfather, had uh, dementia, so... I definitely know what what that's like, but yeah. Yeah, And it's all
1: too common. It's really, it's so sad how common it is.
0: You know what though? They 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 lived life to the fullest. They both had great lives and, you know, you got to just kind of take that, um, the positive out of that, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So thank you so much for coming on my show.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time.
0: If everybody wants to know more about you, where can
1: they go? Can they- my website is michaelmott.net. My Instagram is Michael underscore Mott, M O T T like the applesauce, like the street in New York, like the apple juice. And my TikTok is something, but terrible at TikTok, and I'm trying to get better. So I think it's, I already couldn't even tell you, but it's my name. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to look right now. Um, sidebar, can I just share just for yeah. your followers and for anyone yeah. who cares? Yeah. So. The beautiful part of putting out The Only One, my new EP. Oh, that's TikTok. Ooh. Oh, Whitney Houston. Okay, my it's, it's, it's at Michael underscore Mott underscore on TikTok. Okay. My The beautiful part of putting out The Only One, my new EP, is that it actually connected. It was about my last relationship, but it actually connected me with my two previous relationships. Ooh. And I have actually gotten s- so close in the last couple of months with my... Boyfriend prior to my last, my my penultimate boyfriend, who I just had like the most deep feelings for, and we actually have been. I'm saying this because he's texting me right now. We um have reconnected, and the most beautiful thing and most unexpected thing I could ever imagine is that an album about one ex brought closure to two previous exes. It's the beautiful part of like making music that like art really does heal. Yeah. That's why, we,
0: that's why I mean, here are our thing is we give musical hugs and Aww. we feel that music is just, you know, music is universal and it is. no matter what mood music you're in, there's, there's a song, there's a song for that, you know, whatever mood you're feeling, there's a song for it.
1: Absolutely. It's music and love. That's all I'm going to say. Music yeah. and love are the two universal things.
0: Yeah. Again, thank you so, thank so you for much for having me. For... I love you. You know that. (laughs) Of course.
1: I adore you. Thank you so much for this moment. And best of luck with your show.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Just want to thank Michael Mott again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And you know that I totally adore you. Michael is actually going to be doing a Michael Mott and Friends show at 54 Below that we talked about. It's August 15th. There are limited seats still available. So if you're in New York City, check that out. If not, then hopefully he'll do another one soon. They're absolutely amazing. Be sure to stay tuned to No More Games Radio for all the specials and live shows we have coming up for you. This is DJ Broadway Jen, and thanks for joining us for intermission.